Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year. And we introduce a brand new show for you. From the What The If Studios. Real and imagined. Across the planet, a new creation called Fantastic Voyage. How are you? Matt Stanley is here, Professor Matt Stanley from New York University, and Gabby Panicia, virologist from Rockefeller University. We are all, we are all here in a tiny little ship called the If. <laughs> if he make if if <laughs> happy new year guys how are you thrilled to be here yeah I, I made it through 2020 as far as i know unscathed uh mm -hmm. the curse may linger who knows uh the scathing, yeah the scathing never scathing may not scathing may linger uh this is a whole new thing uh gabby joined us uh for those of you who've been listening um for a long time, you know, Gabby's amazing. Gabby joined us at the beginning of the pandemic. So on Fridays, Matt and I do our regular show, What the If, where we do thought experiments. Mm -hmm. um, and it tends to be kind of physics, astronomy based. And some, you know, sometimes we, we do other things. Um, but uh, Gabby brings a whole new side to things. And, it, and, and that is biology, a knowledge of biology and uh, literal first-hand experience with biology. I guess I do too. <laughs> uh, well, that's right. Everybody has <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you literally have first, like your hands are biological, perhaps. But, you know, if you're Luke Skywalker, you might have had an accident. And at least one of your hands is still biological. Um, but we're going to do a new series here called Fantastic Voyage, based on the Isaac Asimov story, in which... Scientists are shrunken down. They're shrunken down into little creatures. And they go inside a little tiny ship and they go inside the body. And I always just thought that is the coolest thing and an amazing uh, imagination and a super fun way to learn. So, Gabby, yeah. are, you, are you ready to launch us, to launch the ship uh, on its first fantastic voyage? Oh, yes, I have broken the champagne bottle on the back of the boat. Woo! We are ready to go. <laughs> Fantastic. Let the shrinking begin. Oh, Lord. They're shrinking. <laughs> Matt, do you, Matt, do you have a shrinking voice? Um, I, I do, but the Doppler shift corrects for it, so you can't actually tell. <laughs> oh, that's... That's pretty badass, I gotta say. <laughs> and for our first, our maiden voyage, we are going to go on a very exciting journey, which I think we're all excited that is happening all over the world. Uh, and that is we're going to ride inside the vaccine that uh, is being injected into arms uh, around the world, although mostly, I guess, in... Uh, the UK now in, in the United States and uh, somewhat elsewhere. Uh, and we're going to ride, of all the vaccines, we're going to choose the 
a Pfizer vaccine because it's super cool. How cool is it, Gab? It is minus 80 degrees cool. Actually, I think minus 94 degrees Celsius cool. Wow, That's that is cool. pretty cool. Minus 94. So we're, we're wearing our parkas inside our little craft. Mm-hmm. And um, the, it comes out of the, uh, the freezer that it's kept in. And uh, do, is it in liquid form? It has to be defrosted, I think, right? Mm-hmm. There is, yep. it's, right, it's defrosted. So we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into, we're, we're, gonna, we're in a syringe. And the virus is being pulled in and we're getting buffeted a bit as it comes in. And what exactly is, what, what do we see? What, what is coming inside the syringe as it's being sucked out of its little vial? Yes. So uh, when the vaccine gets sucked into the syringe, uh, we are buffeted around in our tiny little ship. And what we are seeing is a bunch of these really, really, really tiny greasy particles come shooting towards us in this liquid. It's sort of like being harassed by a hail of beach balls that are all kind of slimy. So like a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit, actually. Um, <laughs> sort of just cascading towards us that's on a molecular scale. Yeah. C- come on, everyone knows. That's, that's a pretty good <laughs> analogy. You yeah. don't want to get anywhere near a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit, although you do want this in your arm. Um, so what is in those uh, little uncomfortable Chuck E. Cheese balls of lipid are the, is the mRNA of the virus's spike protein. So it's not the whole virus. It's not the whole virus. Um, it's just a piece of it. And it's the instructions for a piece of it. Um, so if we activate the, uh, the goo shields on our ship, we can slip into one of those beach balls. Goo shields and- up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is just like a general tenet of biology generally. Your cells are kind of like a little fatty sphere and inside is different water and proteins and so to send stuff around your body uses little goose spheres basically these little fatty spheres to send stuff to other cells usually and so now is by, there something about fatty spheres that make them good for that kind of project yeah so because fats will kind of merge with fats like if you've ever had a greasy pan yeah. and you spray water on it and then wait a couple minutes the little grease bubbles will start collecting with each other essentially lipids can fuse with lipids so it just sort of makes this little bubble that can just sort of slip merge with the membrane and then deliver whatever package it needs so that's the idea that this vaccine relies on that these little gross beach balls will fuse with the much larger gross beach ball beach balls of your own body huh. <laughs> see if they advertise it that way i think maybe more people would take it you know like if you tell me it's greasy beach balls it's like most of America loves greasy America beach loves balls. greasy spheres, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is delicious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Good. So, uh, in so the, the, they're in saline, I think you said? They, uh, yeah. What is saline? So, the thing about when you, this goes into, you probably learned about osmosis as a kid. Uh, in like high school science classes, but you can't just inject water into the human body like straight into your veins mm. because it's not, you say, buffered to the way that your, your body works. So your cells have to try to keep a certain amount of stuff in and they do that by controlling uh, the liquid and like the ions out. So if you put a bunch of water on the outside of a cell, 
all of the cool stuff that it needs to keep inside is going to want to go outside, and that makes cells explode. So that's why there's saline in it, because uh, when you inject that, that doesn't make your cells want to explode. That's that's interesting. Interesting. But but I'm sorry, is saline, does that have something to do with salt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's little like salts in it, basically. It's kind of like a salt water solution. Um, Uh If you've ever accidentally ingested contact solution, that's... (laughs) That's it. I, I don't advise drinking it. That was just like a, I have put contacts on my eyes and had to put a ridiculous amount of saline in my eyes and like tears. That's kind of, I don't know. Just don't drink contact solution. <laughs> Realize <laughs> so, I should say that. Good advice, yeah. I think that it, my, my imagination of the current configuration of the ship is that Gabby is the pilot, Matt is the co-pilot, and I am just like the color commentator. Uh strapped to the back so you know so securely so a i don't fall out and b i don't touch anything all right so uh uh, matt where uh, as the co-pilot slash navigator uh where are we gonna go or what 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 object do you see that you want to investigate well it seems like we should go once we're through the the fatty layer we should go check out the mrna uh, a little more closely um, because that's going to be where the action happens, right, Gabby? Mm-hmm. That is the all-important part of this vaccine. All right, so what's that going to look like as we uh, scooch up close for a better view? So it is essentially a molecule kind of like DNA, although DNA you've probably seen drawn as this double helix structure, which is that sort of twisty ribbon that has two strands. Um, But because this is mRNA, it's single-stranded. And essentially, that just, it being single-stranded is just the way that our body has to process it. Um, Technically, you can have double-stranded mRNA. You can have double-stranded RNA. But double-stranded mRNA, if you want it to be useful, gets silenced by your body um, because of a a cool way that molecular biology works. So it's going to be this little single-stranded thing we're going to see probably the nucleotides dangling from one side, sort of like a half of a zipper. And it's just going to be chilling in there inside uh, so are, the, the lipid bubble. Is it like looking at a, um, like in my mind, I see like a, like a little chain, like a little necklace chain floating around? Or yeah, like, it, like if you think uh, of like a, like a charm bracelet kind of floating in there, because like the nucleotides uh-huh. would be uh-huh. sort of hanging off. The side, like it's not completely perfectly flat. Right. Okay. That's awesome. And so uh, we shine our lights on it. Do we, would we see any colors at all? Or are these things so small that light and color is not something that can be detected? Yeah. They're too small for that. Too yeah, small. This is, this is too small for that. We, we have to have probably like electron like firing beams in order to, to get back ah. the resolution we need. Although, I don't know, that if we shrunk down ourselves, would also, no, that would make sense. That wouldn't make no sense. That wouldn't break physics. If you shrink the light, it does not change the wavelength. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, you're right. We're better off um, uh, bringing our portable electron microscopes with us. So we're firing our electron beams and uh, we're exploring the mRNA. And all of a sudden, the uh, nurse has picked up our syringe and we're being jostled and we see an enormous arm 
coming at us as we the needle plunges our syringe into somebody's arm and we are uh, squeezed out through the needle at what I imagine would be an insane we may encounter a lot of g-forces as we as we get squeezed out um, and into the arm we go what are we being injected into yeah, so you're being injected into uh, muscle tissue, which is really cool. And so we are now kind of floating around, thinking like the space between cells. There is an area called like the extracellular matrix, um, mm. which is just a fancy way of saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds really fun. Like the matrix. We're in the matrix. And it's Extra, the extracellular again, I, matrix. I don't know if I'd heard that term in biology class again. I might have perked up. Uh, the extracellular so what's matrix. The, what's the scale of the cells relative to us here? Are the cells about the same size as us? Or They're they going to be us? gigantic compared to us. I'm talking like half the island of Manhattan oh, to our little boat. Like this is going to be huge because we are a tiny, tiny, tiny thing if we are smaller than a single molecule of mRNA. Wow. We are godlike wow. minuscule. So we, we are staring down a very, very daunting continent that we have just landed on, basically. Yeah. For, for scale, by the way, half, half the length of Manhattan would be six miles in diameter. It's probably more than that. I'm, I'm bad at conceptualizing size, wow. but we are, we are very, very, very small. Uh, let's see. So I'm googling, looking up the size of a nucleotide. Um, yeah, we, do, we do get good Wi-Fi in, in this. This ship has everything. Yeah, you know, I can, I can access the database really, really quickly. That's right. Computer! So, <laughs> one nucleotide unit um, is th 3.3 angstrom or 0.33 nanometers long. And uh, size of a cell. Uh, let's see, diameter. Oh, uh, and then it's us depending on the cell it's um it can range from one to a hundred um micrometers in diameter i believe okay matt do you care to okay yeah so that's i mean hundreds to thousands of times bigger um so uh i don't know precisely where that sits in terms of the manhattan comparison um but certainly uh, vast, right? You can't see it from the perspective of the single nucleotide. You can't see the whole cell. It's like, yeah, surface right. and of the earth kind of thing. For, for social distancing purposes, we are all six feet away from each other. That's how big, and that's kind of the maximum capacity of our ship this current, at this current uh, version of the ship. Um, so if, if the ship's diameter, let's say, is six feet, uh, and then that means these cells would appear to be 6,000 feet, which would be... Uh, yeah, so the order of a mile. A mile. <laughs> wow. Yeah, That's no amazing. big. Yeah. And so these cells are these... Now, whenever I picture cells, I see them as like uh, little uh, ovals that you can see everything inside. But the truth is they're not flat, right? Are they spheres? So most cells wouldn't be spherical. They're kind of constrained by whatever other cells are around them because they're packed ah, kind of tight. Uh -huh. right. um, and it depends on the cell. So, for example, some cells, if they'll really stretch out if they have the space. Um, so fibroblasts, which are a cell type that I work with a lot, um, they're sort of 
very long stretched out ovals, but the center is more of a more of a circle. But then imagine like two tendrils that shot off to the right side as like to either side as Ooh. far as they can. Um, wow. and, and it just kind of b- depends on the cell. Like there's a lot of differences in the way they'll look, which is really cool. And in the body, they can all interact with and clamor over each other in different ways. Nice. Wow. And are we now, my impression was that we, the, I thought like the vaccine would be injected into a vein or something. Is that not correct? I don't think it's injected into your bloodstream because it, I mean, they kind of just jam it into, like speaking of yeah, being right. in the trial, yeah. they kind of just mm-hmm. jam it like in, they kind of jab your upper arm. Right. And they're not really shooting for a particular vein. If they were shooting for a vein, they'd inject it sort of, you know, in the crook of your elbow, I think. And right. I, one right. of the reasons why, I, from what I've read, they go for just your upper arm is because muscle cells will essentially eat and take up this, our little lipid bubble fairly well. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when we get injected, our ship in its little bubble, our bubble fuses with a cell. And it spits us into the inside of the cell, just sort of kicks us in. <laughs> and now that we're inside, the mRNA that was with us, that we're sort of hovering around, is also inside the cell. And once it's inside the cell, our body doesn't really see it as any different from the mRNA that we make to tell the cells how to be a muscle cell and, you know, keep working like a muscle cell should. So it gets translated. Essentially, that's the process of your body reading it. And that makes the spike protein for the coronavirus, only the spike protein, not any other parts of the virus. And it doesn't get anywhere near your DNA. It doesn't get anywhere near, you know, the instructions that make you, you. It just is sort of floating around on the outside. And so well, what happens is the spike protein has its own signals to go to the outside of the cell because that's what viruses use. They have sort of their own little, little protein signals. And so it gets kicked to the outside of the muscle cell. And now you have these muscle cells that are putting out all of the coronavirus spike proteins. And then there comes your immune system. Well, wait, so, so I'm going to take one step back. So we are, um, we're, we're inside the thing and, and the little sort of necklace, uh, or charm, bla- charm yes. bracelet, as you described it so beautifully, um, of mRNA is floating there. Mm-hmm. And has the fatty shield that was around us disappeared are we now just like floating we freely? have left it at the door <laughs> basically yep okay. yes so we <laughs> we're now just floating and and the um uh if you could if, if with matt as your co-pilot tell him how to navigate a little bit so that we can get the best view of what is about to happen to that mrna yeah and then what, is, what do we see so i actually <laughs> This is where I feel like molecular biology, I just don't remember enough from the minutia of undergrad. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it gets picked up by anything that chaperones it to like a ribosome. But uh-huh. if we are floating around watching it, eventually it will be uh, taken to a structure called a ribosome. And a ribosome is a big, um, it's kind of like a big blobby track. It has in the middle of the big track. And... From the other side of it, as our mRNA charm bracelet gets fed through this track, all of these little things called tRNAs are pulling like little amino acids to the thing. Like it's flying in like, um, I don't know, think like an owl tower in Harry Potter. Like all of the (laughs) owls are coming in, pulling packages and uh, shooting back out, you know, without their packages. And that as that's happening, 
from the other side of this ribosome as our charm bracelet is being fed through it. This thing is extending, and that's the protein. So it's sort of creating off of this transcript as it runs through it. From the other side, it's also building this, this protein structure. So that protein structure that gets eventually spit out at the end, uh, gets like, you know, 3D printed by our body, is the spike protein. All right. And what's the time scale on this? Is this happening seconds, days, months? Um, I, th- I don't know what the rate of translation is. Uh, I, I know the body does some things. Um, okay, so from... It is 5.2 amino acids a second is oh, the... Okay. Well, this is based on mouse stem cells. Mm-hmm. Um, from this study, it probably varies based on the cell type a little bit. Um, but I think the spike protein, part of me wants to say like 800 amino acids. It's 200 kilodaltons. Uh, sorry. I, I like looking this stuff up. Uh, okay. So it's, yeah, it's, cool. it's 1200 amino acids. So it takes, you know, it takes a couple minutes basically, but what your body will do sometimes is, um, I know ribosomes will occasionally stack and start reading off the same transcript at different points. So oh, that's there's a chance that in bacteria, it, they're crazy good at this. I don't know the extent to which it happens in eukaryotic cells. It may not be as much. Um, but there's a chance it can be running in parallel. So one transcript um, multiple times b- being read over. So, and chances are, you know, more than one spike protein is going to be created. Uh, from one transcript. It's not immediately degraded after one use. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and- time scale is maybe to get it from, from the mRNA being translated to spike protein on the outside of a couple hours. All right. So we're okay. chilling so around we, for so a while. We, could, we can sit and watch the process happen then. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. a movie. It's like it takes as long as a movie. It might be uh, a little bit like molecularly watching paint dry, though. It might not be the most fascinating process. There are some but... movies like that. <laughs> yeah. Certainly none you've ever edited, though. Never. Never. <laughs> uh, and when you said a track, I'm just trying to imagine, is it, is it um, that the, the mRNA goes into, is it like, you mean like a, um, like a slot? Yeah, the flat? protein looks a li- like the, the ribosome kind of looks a little bit like a hot dog bun. Ah, so perp, in the now you're talking about <laughs> yeah, like, that's kind of the shape of it. So Got it. the charm bracelet is coming through the center of the hot dog bun, and uh, from I guess you could say like a ninety degree angle off of it, from out of the the through the bun comes the protein. Oh, through the bun comes the protein. Okay, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> that's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is my legacy now, just so you know. That's right. <laughs> this is awesome. And so, uh, and, and, and then you mentioned it's assembling and the spike protein is being created on the other side of the bun. Is that right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's spatially, it's a little weird to use the hot dog bun analogy, but yes. Right. Uh, or on the outside of this structure somehow, the, yeah. the spike protein. And will that look like a spike? It's going to look kind of like a, I think like a nail. It's got sort of a flat top and a uh-huh. stick-like bottom. Hmm. It's, it's not like a cactus spike. 
Right, 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 right. Uh, so, and this is basically, this is one of the, so we, we literally would see, sounds like what you're saying is the, the, the way this vaccine works is it manufactures essentially a um, fraudulent, uh, de not a decoy, well. It's kind of a it? decoy. Um, bootleg. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> a bootleg spike, which is uh, when we look at the coronavirus, we see these spheres that like a porcupine have a million of these or lots of these spikes all over them. And so we've just seen one manufactured. Yeah. And it's a fake one. Well, <laughs> and what's really cool although is it's real. It's 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 yeah. it's it's a yeah. It is real, but actually what's yeah. neat is it's we It's a really good copy. Yeah. It's tweaked a little bit from the oh. original version because <laughs> scientists are smart. The the coronavirus spike has an open or closed confirmation. Our body can really only recognize it well in the open confirmation. And the open confirmation is what binds to your cells. So that's the armed and ready dangerous version. So when we engineered this vaccine, we were like, why would we ever let it make the closed confirmation? We mm. need it to make the open confirmation. So through a couple creative amino acid substitutions, we managed to make the protein locked in this open and ready confirmation. It's a little bit like... Um, if you've ever used the claw machine at, if, you know, at Chuck E. Cheese, we're continuing yeah. this Chuck E. Cheese analogy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. one of those claw grab things, the claw is closed or the claw is open, and we've made it stuck in the open position so that we can recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and fat, which is, you know, just one of Chuck E. Cheese's. I mean, you know, I think describing the body as a greasy fun zone is you know, appropriate for a biological yeah. entity. But yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The more you learn about the human body, it's horrifying. Now do we, does, does Matt in, in as Matt is navigating us using the thrusters uh, on the ship, do we need to be wary of that spike? Might that spike get us? We are too small for the spike to in any way get us. And the spike ah. is not, it's not hostile per se. The spike right. is a key. It's not a weapon. Because the virus is ultimately, uh, it's a thief. It sneaks in. It's not trying to, well, it will destroy you from the inside, but only from the inside. From the outside, it's not doing any aggressive stabbing. So we are right, safe from the right. spike. Right. Right, because it's not attached to the sphere. It's, um, uh, it's just, yeah, floating by itself. And so, all right, now we're still inside a cell. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. A giant cell which appears to us to be like a mile in diameter. Mile across, yeah. And uh, this spike, uh, how, how big do we think the spike might be? I'm bigger, not so, but you're saying it's way bigger than us. It's Yeah, it's still considerably bigger than us. I just don't know right. how kilodaltons translate to um, like size, because proteins are weird because they fold in on themselves. So right. the length of a protein in amino acids is not necessarily how it will wind up being in its general... Th it's like origami. So mm -hmm. you may have a very long strip of paper, but depending on how they fold it, it's a very different size or shape. The unit is Dalton's? It's not one I'm familiar with. Yeah, I think that has to do more with... Oh, let's uh, see. Oh, that's a mass unit? Molecular yeah, it's, we, we okay. use a mass unit more because that tells you about how many amino acids are in it. I but see. protein okay. size yeah, so as far as... that's not a size as, thing, but a number of items. Yeah, okay. as, as far as like dimensions go, we don't tend to use size 
as far as like physical space because mm-hmm. that's not as relevant to cellular processes okay. as much. Yeah, so that's, we'll, we'll use, thing, that's an interesting thing to, to think about is that, you know, on our normal scale, the, the size of things, you know, the distance between them is quite important. Um, but on the amino acid scale, the nucleotide scale, um, the actual physical space is less important than how much stuff there is and where it is. Mm-hmm. And especially too, like you may have an extremely long protein, but the very last amino acid and the very first amino acid can be touching each other just based on how it folds. So position is weird. Cool. Yeah, that's why that, that charm bracelet analogy, for instance, so you can imagine charm bracelet being a very long one all twisted up. Um, that's amazing. So here's we're gonna this, this, we're gonna leave it. We will continue next week with this incredible journey. But I want to know the spike is about to somehow is it going to leave the cell and we are going to follow maybe we can attach ourselves to the spike just to make sure we don't lose it yeah sure we can ride the top of the spike protein yeah we're gonna ride it and so we leave this do we leave the cell or just something somehow the immune system has to recognize us at the top of the cell right riding the top of the spike protein we are leaving the cell although the base of the spike will be attached and we are in a bit of danger from the immune system now putting ourselves at the top of the spike and what's our last image is what what do we see coming at us we see an immune cell descending dun dun perfect Better than I can do myself. Fantastic voyage will continue. Will the white blood cell, is it a white blood cell? Yeah, that's a general term, yeah. A general term. The uh, immune system, will the immune system swallow us with the spike? Or will it do whatever its proper job is? (laughs) Which is, uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen as we continue the journey of the good ship if Matt thank you co-pilot Matt Stanley of New York University you yep, have trying to keep us from crashing into things yep you have you have brought pride to your institution as have you Gabby Panicia Captain Panicia Woo! I feel like I need a hat <laughs> you gotta yeah. have a hat captains always have a hat I always say you know Tom Hanks every movie he does he's always a captain of some kind so it's just another movie with Tom Hanks in a hat he just changed his head. <laughs> That's fine. I'll watch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm very comfortable with being played by Tom Hanks. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. And so we bid you farewell. Be safe this week. Uh, tune in on uh, uh, Friday. You'll, if you've subscribed, which you should do, uh, the new uh, What the If will show up uh, in your podcast app. And then on Monday again, we will return to the depths of the human body. Who will win, human or virus? We'll see you next time.